Hey, Spencer. Yes, Alain. What is the most savage thing that you can think of right now that you've seen in sports before? I mean, it probably have to go to be like a knockout, like maybe McGregor's on Aldo or something like that. Fair enough, but I, I think we got something funnier than that. How about this? Your old team's coach, head coach, Bruce Cassidy, coming out with the cup, with his day with the cup, and coming out with the Boston Bruins goal song. Uh, how, do you, how do you feel? Gutless. Absolutely Gut- gutless. He deserves it. No, he don't. Just because just he had the best team in hockey does not mean he deserves it. Whatever. I think we can give him a break. I think it's pretty savage, and I think it's pretty hilarious. You know what's sad? I like Bruce Cassidy till this very moment, and now Bruce Cassidy can kick rocks. Wow. Thanks, Al. Thank you. You ruined it for me. Well, my bad. Can't believe that. My bad. All right. Shall we? I guess so. We shall. And welcome, everyone, to episode, and I almost did this yesterday on Polar Opposites. Al, is it 15 or 16? This would be number 16. There you go, episode 16 of The Outrage. I don't know how I, I knew I was going to do it, too. I like, I got to look before or I'm going to forget, and I never looked, so I forgot. So, episode number 16 of The Outrage, welcome in. I like, I like Kevion, Spencer on? Byers, welcome in. So, here's what I was thinking about, by the way. Oh, you were thinking? I can't I, be good. I was, I, it was like one of those like shower thoughts. Oh, heavens. This can never end well. Well, no, this was this was one of the better shower thoughts that like isn't weird or anything. And, you know. I oh, okay, it's coherent. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's an improvement. How how many more episodes are we going to do like to the point where we don't have to count anymore and we can just go, and we're back? I don't know. It's like we're on well, 16 when, now. Like, when, do, are we when, go I like, feel, when I feel like we've been consistent enough for it to matter. We're going to go to like, hey, this is episode 159. When Okay, you know what? I'll, <laughs> I'll make you a deal. We, when we go to multi-days a week, yeah. that's when we won't. Multi-day, geez. When we go to more well, we than can, one a week. We might be able to pull that off. Like, I feel like when the hockey season starts oh, geez, we'll and you and I go. are in the full swing of things, that's when that's like that's when Polar Opposites is going to heat up and the basketball season starts up. That's when you and I are going to heat up, I hope. So that's, that's the hope. We're right now, up. weekly, you know. The outrage will heat up because it needs to heat up more, you know? God forbid you and I need to heat up more. God help us. I mean, hey, we're pulling it off. Listen, I've, yeah, before we get further into this, I, uh, I think I went through the most dry, the driest day in sports history yesterday. Oh, yeah, no. I got told at TSN repeatedly that this is the driest week for sports. Unbelievable. Listen, over here in downtown Toronto, a lot of rain. But let me tell you. It was the dry. Sports, like the, the sports oh, media business was dry. The sports news. You couldn't get that thing wet. Like the Sahara Desert. Couldn't believe it. But we still somehow managed to put together a lineup. And uh, this is where I guess I throw it back to you now. Because after all, Spencer Byers, this is your show. This you is, are the this, host. This is, this is my show. Like Polar Opposites is, is my show. This you is said. your idea. This is the outrage. Yes, not Polar the, Opposites, but this is part of the... Incorporation yeah, we've yeah. got going yeah, on. Yeah, the, the the amalgamation I've continued to try to grow here. Yes, with CSM I think alumni. Do, I think it'll do better than. Oh yeah, what do you think? I I mean yeah, of course. Yeah, uh, of course. We, we don't even talk about that show. Right. No offense to some people, I actually quite like it. But of that Fair show, enough. but we we don't talk about that anyway. So we're gonna talk about the home run derby. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. does pull off the dub, so the Jays now have a home run derby champion who has a whole eleven home runs before the All Star break. I, love I believe. It. I love I, it. It was something like eleven. But it wasn't Al, much. Al, do you think that the home run derby win for Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is going to affect oh, his second half of the season? Buddy, he's about to go off. And listen, everyone's saying it too. It's all over social media. Listen, he is going to go off. He is going to have a monstrous second half of the season. Do I think he reaches 40 home runs? Probably not. 
Do I think he hits 30? I think so. I think he could do 30. I think he could do... Heck, I'll even go 35. That's how good I'm feeling about it. But, um, yeah, Vladdy's about to go off. Now, don't get me wrong. If I'm dissecting his home run derby performance, it's not the greatest. He He obviously did better in 2019, hitting 91 in total, whereas this time he hit 72. But what I liked about it this time, though, was his approach, is instead of trying to empty the tank on every single swing, it was more like... No, we're going to do this the smart way. We're going to do it where I can hit enough home runs to have a chance regardless. And honestly, going the fact that he went second against Julio Rodriguez really helped him because I don't know I don't know if I liked the chances of, you know, if Julio Rodriguez would have gone second because in the first round Julio hit 41 which tied uh Vladdy's record for most home runs hit in a round. Now, don't get me wrong, Vladdy hit his in a later round. Uh, when he did that, I believe it would have been the second. Yeah, because he lost in the final to Pete Alonso. Yeah, he lost to Pete Alonso. So that was uh, a different record in terms of uh, Julio did it in the first round. So I'm kind of, I think it went in his favor in terms of the order. But also the fact that he went back to back, like Randy Rose Arena for the Tampa Bay Rays was hot. Like he had a really solid second round, 35 homers. I kind of thought he was going to run away with it because I'm like, man, Vladdy's just flirting with, barely flirting with 25, in, you know, the high 20s. So I don't know if he'll pull it off, but he did. And um, also, first father and son duo to be Wait. crowned home run derby champions, uh, being Vladimir Guerrero Sr. and now Vladimir Guerrero Jr., which I think is super cool. And I'm glad that they were the first pair to be able to do it. Well, it's surprising with how many father and sons we've seen. Like, he would have thought, I don't know if senior Griffey Jr. would have been able to do it, but obviously Ken Griffey Jr., I believe, got one. Um, but, like, like I'll say parent and son duos like that, normally we, we see, especially in baseball, unlike other sports. Like, basketball, normally the father's long gone, right? And you just out of sight, out of mind. And, usually, and usually the son's usually better than the dad. Like, we see with Clay Thompson, for example, no one really knows who his dad is, and and he's a, a great basketball player in his own right. And same thing with Steph Curry, no offense to Del Curry. But, um, yeah, Del's, Del's pretty good. But, oh, so, but no one's near, no no, near as good yeah, as Steph, but, though, of course. But, I mean, he also, you know, uh, Del's wife gave birth to, you know, Jesus on the basketball floor, basically, is what... Well, the three-point shooting Jesus, <laughs> God. of course. Yeah, three-point shooting God. Um, but do you but want yeah. to talk about the actual game? Because I didn't watch the All-Star game. I'll be honest. I don't watch All-Star games. I think they're pointless and useless. I did. And I didn't watch it. And it ended 3-2 in favor of the NL with their first win since, like, I think, 2011, 2012. Been almost yeah, de- 2012. Over, over a decade since yeah. the NL beat the AL, so it took them a while, but they finally did it in an absolute 3-2 great game, I bet. Yeah, I mean, I, I watched it, and it was like... It was weird because... Well, let's, let's be real here. The pitching is unreal in the majors. It's... It's dominate. It's dominating the game compared to home runs. Like it's hard. Like you got Garrett Cole who went no hits. No, like he was unreal. Uh, he pitched one in his one inning of work. But for me, the, the I actually wanted to spend a bit more time on the derby because I just thought it was really weird. The game, the game was what it was. I don't care that the NL, you know, won for the first time in over ten years. I don't. I didn't really care. It was a nice way for them to win uh, in terms of uh, Diaz getting that, that two-run bomb in, in the eighth. In the eighth. And then winning the MVP. Yeah, and how scary was that, too? Actually, okay, before we go back to the Derby, now this triggered a thought. Uh, Lourdes Gurriel Jr. almost went yard on his former teammate Jordan Romano. Who then got pulled because of back, back, back tightness. Back tightness. Yeah, uh, which I thought was crazy. But at the same time, I was hoping that ball would have been fair. 
just because I've been really salty. You're the, a salty guy. I, I am a salty guy, but I've been really salty with the trade, uh, the Guriel trade, and Moreno is, eh, whatever, fine. I, I mean, I would have liked to have seen Jansen go instead of Moreno just because of the youth and also the fact that he can rake. He can rake, but he's also not a Band-Aid. Danny Jansen's kind of a, you know, every time Danny Jansen gets hot, I'm like, well, it's only a matter of time now before he gets hurt again. Yeah. But I really was hoping because I was hoping that that would have been like a a really big moment for Ludus going, hey, yeah, you just traded me. By the way, funny, you traded me and I'm an all-star too. Where's the guy you trade? Oh, not an all-star. And I will, I will stick with this till the day I die. Uh-oh. Lourdes Guriel Jr. is a much better option at the plate than Dalton Varsho. Well, that's you, obvious. You, everyone's complaining, oh, they can't score with runners in scoring position. Yeah, yeah I know. I've, I, listen, people were calling me crazy. Oh, Varsho, great defensive, you know, get, which is true. He's lived up to that. I'll give him that. He is a stud in the outfield. Whether it's right, left, center, doesn't matter. He is a stud. And they're like, well, it's also a left, left-handed left bat, which is what they need. Great, but he could barely hit 30 homers. And he could barely get on base. Like, he could barely hit with runners in scoring position. Whereas the guy you traded for him was leading the team in runners in scoring position the previous season before that. And don't get me wrong. Lourdes Gurriel Jr. might have had a few things to learn in the outfield in terms of coverage. But if he caught that ball dead on, that guy had a cannon. You were getting gunned down trying to go from first to second. If you're trying to stretch out, you know, a single into a double. And if you were tagging up from third to home, guess what? There was a chance you were getting gunned down there too. So I will die on that hill that Lourdes Gurriel Jr. should have never been traded because I think the Jays would be in a much different scenario because, well, look, A, he's healthy, but B, again, it's all about the runners in scoring position. The Jays put themselves in those situations to get a lot of runs. They just don't bring them in. They don't cash in. Mm-hmm. So, what can you do? But I really like the fact that he was at the All Star game. He really showed the Jays like, ha, bad, big mistake on your part. And the Arizona Diamondbacks, who by the way are in Toronto now for a three game set, are also sitting a lot better than the Blue Jays are right now. They're a little more comfortable in terms of wiggle room for playoffs. They're they're one of the biggest surprises this season are that the Arizona Diamondbacks a with, pleasant with, surprise. With, with their that their youth movement spearheaded by a. Starting all-star in Corbin Carroll. Yes. As well as Moreno, who they got from the Jays being there. Yes. I believe starting catcher. They got Loris Griel Jr., as you mentioned, from the Toronto Blue Jays as well. So they're a team that is spearheaded by youth, and they are, ironically, in a better spot than the Jays right now, as you mentioned. And arguably the second-hardest division in baseball in the NL West with the Dodgers and the Padres, who have been also garbage, to be honest, which is great. It's kind of funny which... to watch that absolute money pay like the Mets. But regardless, yeah, like that division should be a bloodbath, and the Diamondbacks right now the cream of the crop. Yeah, and you, and you mentioned um, the Padres, who, by the way, that's who the Jays get right afterwards. Woo, yeah. NL West. Yeah, so it's, uh, but I mean, listen, it's you could say that with any other team, but like the Jays, like, dude, they lost to the Oakland Athletics, where it should have been a sweep. And there's teams they're, they're losing to still, like from the AL Central, they've lost to the Twins. The Twins beat them, lost a game to the White Sox. Like, they're losing to every team, like, they're literally taking on almost like the the kind of like Toronto Maple Leafs uh, thing where I tell you the Leafs are the kind of team where they'll beat the teams they shouldn't beat and the teams they should have no problem taking care of. Well, 
They, they lose. But you can't even say that because they, they haven't beaten Boston yet. And no, Boston's the worst team yeah, in the AL East. Yeah, the Jays are 7-21, and 21, I think, right now in the American League East. Yeah, which is not going to be helpful when you're playing against not probably one of them in the playoffs. And playoffs. by the way, if the playoffs were to start today, they the get? Jays get the Baltimore Orioles. Oh, and they're going to get rocked. Absolutely. Rocked. The Baltimore Orioles are no joke, and we knew this. We already knew this. We saw it last year. Like, last year was the year where it was a surprise. If you're still surprised that the Orioles are this good, you weren't paying attention. And we reiterate that quite enough. And uh, also, since we're on the playoff topic, I finally figured out. I texted Spencer Uh-oh. after the episode last week. Uh-oh. I finally figured out that pitcher Please that forget. the Jays. Please forget. No, no, I got it. Uh, it's, it oh, I got it's it. It rhymes with gelato. Yeah. Sort of. Lucas Giolito. Lucas Giolito was the other pitcher that uh, is on the market. I did see the charts this morning. Shane Bieber and Giolito are on the market. Or not officially, but those are potential pieces those that could rumored, be moved. The rumored and trade market. I've heard already, I think it might have been Jeff Passan or uh, some, one of the big acclaimed, acclaimed MLB insider. Yeah, like it's, anyways, that uh, the Orioles are actually linked to Lucas Giolito, and that would be hilarious. The, that would be well, yeah. I'm sorry if the Jays don't get either a Bieber or a Giolito, like, and one of them goes to another AL East team. Oh, you're screwed. Imagine, imagine Bieber goes to the Yankees. Oh, jeez. And 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 uh, Giolito goes to Baltimore. That would be unbelievable. And the that Rays would... don't buy anyone because they're the Rays. Yeah, they the don't Rays need is, to. No, they're they fine. don't need to. The Rays can get. The the Rays can get by by outscoring their opponents. They can get shelled, you know. Well, because they lost like half their pitching quarter to do yeah, Tommy John's. No, but I also mean like their pitching staff is still somewhat good enough that like even though they get shelled by like five to six runs, the Rays will be like, yeah, all right, watch this. Like we got this. Like hold my beer. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that was the name I was thinking of. But um, yeah, so the home run derby was a weird one because I was watching and I thought it was it. I was like Julio Rodriguez. And Luis Robert Jr. to the finals. Book it. Because Robert Jr. took care of business in round one. Made it look effortless against Adley Rutschman. Yeah, he... he. Which, by the way... What? what did you, you see what Rutschman did during the derby? I, I didn't, but I heard it. I tuned oh in right, af- I, I tuned in right after that round. But yeah, Switch well, hitting. Yeah, because Adley Rutschman's a switch hitter. Or, well, not, now, now a both hitter, they this call it. Which so is, is this so something stupid. new, or is this something that people knew? Because oh, yeah, I did no, not no, no, know. No. He, he has been known as a switch he hitter. He switch hits like during yeah. the regular season? Yeah. Okay. He, he, yeah, I checked wow. his I checked his score and they say both now you're you swing you hit both ways. Yeah. But he's a he's a switch hitter to you Dude, and I. Seven for eight on the right side. Yeah, yeah. So basically what Al's alluding to is when he started off his round, he went he went I believe it was lefty, and he hit twenty bombs left handed. And then for the bonus round, which I believe he only he might have got a minute, but he you get for the bonus, and don't ask me why they do this, but for the bonus round, you get an extra thirty seconds, and then you can get gain an extra thirty seconds on top of that if you hit Two four forty home runs and something else. There's there's two qualifiers, and if you do both, you get an extra thirty seconds. So he got extra time and switched hands and hit righty and hit seven bombs righty to end with twenty seven. And then Robert comes up and he hits twenty eight and he got he hit the twenty eighth one in the bonus, but he had forty five seconds off on the clock. Yeah, so he could have absolutely shelled poor Adley Rutschman. Which does make you feel bad for the number eight hitter in this competition. Adley Rutschman was the eighth seed of these eight players. But still, 
Like, it, it is something to behold to watch a kid go left-handed and then switch and go right-handed and just crush the baseball. I couldn't believe it. Like, it was just unbelievable. But, yeah, it was it was weird because it was like, okay, like, you thought after the first round, you're like, this is it, this is set, this is what it's going to be. And then after seeing what Cast- uh, Castillo, <laughs> I have the wrong Luis in my head. Same team, though. Um, yeah, Julio Rodriguez and... Uh, oh, I thought, not who I met you, I thought you meant Luis Robert. Oh, no, 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 yeah, no, sorry about that. Okay, I can see what you mean. Yeah, sorry. Luis Castillo and Julio Rodriguez both play for the Seattle Mariners is what I was, was, yeah. They they do. Anyways, um, when I saw Rodriguez do what he did and then I saw how fast and quickly Robert, or sorry, Robert, it is Robert. I can confirm that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, the 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 ESPN broadcast kept saying Robert, so we're going to go with Robert. But as soon as I saw that, I was like, this is it. This This is what it's going to be. But I also... I have proof. I have a receipt. If you go on my Twitter account, oh, I did tweet out. Of course, he's going to plug his Twitter account. I, hell yeah, I am. Vladimir Guerrero Jr., yeah. what did he do in 2019? Started off real hot, and look at that. In the end, where he needed the most, Pete Alonso didn't even need more than 20-something home runs to beat him. Even though he hit 91 bombs, still didn't win. So for me, I tweeted out. I was like, oh, do I pull up the actual? Nah, we're not going to look for it. I'll, I'll paraphrase. Thank I'll paraphrase. God. But basically what I said was, oh, Okay, so do you think he'll hit 41 every round? I was like, let's not forget, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. hit 91 in 2019 and lost. He lost. Pete Alonso didn't even come close to, I don't even think he came close to 80. I think he was in the 60s at best. Like, that's the thing, too. You only need to hit enough to beat your opponent. I look at Pete Alonso's numbers, too. Like, I can't believe that guy won the home run derby twice. What do you mean? The guy's a masher. The guy crushes the baseball. Yeah, sure, but like you look at like they were him and his whoever was pitching to him was out. They were out of sync. He was. I, it looked like his pitcher was throwing in the freaking World Series, like trying to like down everything down and away. Nothing in the sweet spot. Nothing like that. And even the hacks that Alonzo was doing, like eh, they weren't pretty. And you look at too, like when he uh, when he was up against Vladdy in the finals, like I didn't think he was electric then either. It's just a matter of you, like you said, he hit more than his opponent. Exactly, which is all you have to do. By the way, also another fun stat that came out that derby. Of course. Julio Rodriguez is the only man that Pete Alonso was not able to beat in the home run derby in his three appearances. Well, there you go. Julio Rodriguez. Julio Scott. Rodriguez has his number. Al- apparently. Allegedly. But yeah, and then it was weird because Ro- Robert went down the next round to a Rose Arena. Yeah. And a Rose Arena like, came out of nowhere and was like, I can hit 35. I got it. No big yeah. deal. Mookie Betts, we all knew he wasn't going to go far. He, like, he told he told everyone before the game. Like, I, I like, don't know why I'm, Yeah, he's like, I don't know Which, why I'm here. The, the, I, I think that was the greatest line I heard from Buster Olney on, on TSN was he told us, he said, I talked to Buster at Dodgers, or I talked to Buster's, and I talked to uh, Betts before the before the home run yeah. derby at Dodger Stadium. And he said, I don't even hit home runs in BP. I don't even know why I'm doing this. He said, my wife's making me do it. And it was so <laughs> funny he's, he's to, hear Busty say, to hear Buster say that Mookie told me he hasn't even hit home runs in BP. Uh, that's great. Like, that's that's so funny to that me. That is it's awesome. Like, oh, so no doubt we know he's not going to do but yeah, well. so, like, it was weird in terms of, and like... he had the second most home runs of the tournament. He has some second most home runs out of any of those eight guys, <laughs> and he hit 11. <laughs> yeah, hey. Like, yo. When the spotlight's on, you got to... You know, perform or, and you know, so you have that happen. Only it, eleven home runs, and, and you watched it. On, I watched uh, the whole derby. Yeah. yeah. Did you see when they had JD Martinez, his teammate, mic'd up, come over and talk to him? And they asked JD, "What are you telling Mookie to do for after his timeout or a- after the break?" He says, "Mookie, pull the ball." And he oh, Mookie yeah. was like, "I don't know." How. He's like, yeah. <laughs> "Yeah, he's like, I don't know how to do this. <laughs> I don't know how to pull the ball." Or did you see? Uh, did you watch? No. Okay. The, the moment with uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Bo Bichette, and Juan Soto. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah, hilarious. and Romero came over. Romano. Yeah, Romano me. too. Yeah, and it was hilarious too because like Bo's got the mic. Bo's mic'd up yeah, talking like, to Vlad. Yeah, he's like, "What are you saying for you know?" He's like, and you can see, you can hear Bo trying to like say stuff in Spanish to you know to Vladi, and he's doing kind of a good job. And then your Soto just switches it up, and then Bo Bichette, yeah, what he said. <laughs> I loved it, and then Vladdy had a good laugh. It was cool. It was mid round too. Like yeah, yeah. Well, at the end of the round, that, that, that was like mid. That was the timeout in between because yeah. Mookie didn't take his timeout again because Mookie wanted to get this thing well, over. Mookie with. knew, like yeah, Mookie didn't take his timeout. Mookie was in between the the, the bonus time and his and his uh, four minute three minute regulation time. Vladdy took his timeout in the minute and a half, which yeah. everyone took about a minute and a half. And then obviously that that moment happened, which again that was hilarious. I don't know why oh, they had man. the players mic'd up because they they have no intention of talking no. to the cameras intentionally. So they just want to be there to be like, hey, we did this. Now get this thing off of me. But it was kind of funny to hear Mookie. I don't know how to pull the ball. No, I, that I was great, how, JD. Yeah. Do you want to do it for me? That was that was honestly like the oh, fact that so more b- baseball players should be mic'd up more often because like the, you do. Get that's those, what we want. You do we want the, that's we want exactly the, what you expect. And he, like Boba Shat, like even just by him saying yeah, what he said like. You yeah, can and re- then, you and relate then, to that, but at the same time, it's like, man, that's that's funny. Like, you didn't know Bo was like that, you know. Yeah, and and then they so ask, like, ask Soto this question. He looks over and says, "Juan." <laughs> oh yeah, and then he's funny. It's in Spanish. Yeah, yeah, but before that, he goes, he's like, "Say it again." He says it like, "Say yeah. it again" in in English, and then after that, proceeds to answer in Spanish. Spanish. Yeah, <laughs> It was just unbelievable. That was just, like, that's what we want. We want these guys to make it more personable. That's yeah. what comedy and sports should look like. None of that BS that we saw at the NHL Awards a few weeks ago, that whole scripted comedy where, was it Dirks Bentley's kid? I don't know. I don't know. I don't Whatever. Know. Anyway, it was just all it was it was a child bad of one television. Of the, of one bad of the, television. Well, of course it's bad television. And as, as for the All-Star game, I, have, I don't have anything to say about it. The NL won. Good for them. You know, they ended... Their long drought. You want to hear about another drought? I know we saved it for kicker stories, but I mean, we might as well go because it's a good segue. Uh, the Edmonton Elks suck at home. They they suck in general, but they suck at home. They yeah. they suck in general, but they, they suck at home. They ha- I'm not spending a lot of time because it's CFL. Nobody cares. Well, yeah, okay, Ray. But whatever. That's true. Nobody cares. I'd like to hear someone on the uh, like that listens to our podcast and goes, "Hey, don't talk about the CFL like that." I'm going to say whatever I want anyways. But where do you know that, Al? You've had a lot of Edmonton bad takes. Edmonton Elks, they now have 20 consecutive losses at home. They have not won a game on the home field. Since 2019. Since October 12th of 2019. Yep. Wow. You know what's amazing? I was in the TSN. Wow. I, I, was, I was in the booth when the Argos played against the Elks. Yeah. At, at, well, at, at, at Edmonton. Yeah. And... Tyler Cornel- Taylor Cornelius, their starting quarterback, got pulled after like the second quarter. So I saw their backup come in, and he tried his best to, to will the team to some points. But the Argos were just mauling these poor guys, and like he kept he kept feeling it, like oh, this poor elk team, like they just got nothing going for them. Like there's, you know, it's sad because like you can't even say like fire the, like what do you do? Yeah, what do you fix? Who Everything. You, How like, do you do that? I don't know. The, I'm not. I'm sure it's not the coach, but you know what's funny though? I I did say this this morning though. Um, the Elks have not been the same since Mike Riley was traded to the, uh, BC Lions. Uh, was he traded or was it a free agent signing? I can't remember. Anyways, once he made the move to, once he was gone to beat the BC Lions, the Elks slash Edmonton Eskimos were never the same. Yeah. Never the same. And they, now they can't win a game at home to save their lives. And they can't win a game in general. they have yet to win this season either. So it just makes you wonder like what the, like... I don't know what to do. I'm first of all, I'm not a football guy to begin with, so I can't tell you. Oh, fix your O line, fix this formation. I don't know what to say. I don't. I don't know. 
But all I know is like, you know, you, you're going to blame the coach. I'm sorry, man. Like maybe the, whoever's putting the team together. The worst part is they they are so bad. I saw a tweet from Arash Madani that in the hotels in Edmonton, they have this QR code thing set up that if you scan it, you have a chance to win free tickets. In this case, it's not a chance. You will win a free ticket because they can't even fill the stadium. It's yeah. a big stadium. Luke Combs sold it out a few weeks ago, maybe about a month ago now. That's probably the last time the thing was sold out. Yeah, <laughs> and, and almost there. three years, yeah. Almost, almost, almost yeah, four years. Like, geez, it's, it's unbelievable. But anyways, I hope they figure it out because I really would hate for that team to, you know, hold the record for in the big four sports in North America to have the longest uh, home, home losing streak. Home losing streak. That is, that's just embarrassing. I mean, what a way to publicize your league, right? Hey, we have the most losingest <laughs> yeah. team at home ever. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know how you, how you do that, but um, it, it's crazy and I hope they figure it out. Well, Al, I assume you want to go with this next. So I'm going to go with Manoa with a start on the Tigers. We talked about it on the Thursday going into it. It's now been a little over a week. Boy, was I wrong. Boy, were, you, were, boy, were we kind of both wrong. We were, yeah, we were both but, wrong. But like, I didn't think we were going to be that far off. But Manoa had, a, I won't say a gem, but he had a really good start. I mean, considering what he pitched in the Florida Complex League a few weeks ago, yeah, he had a gem. I mean, eight strikeouts against the Detroit Tigers. Don't get me wrong. Again, it's the Detroit Tigers. Like, let's simmer down a little bit here. He's going to have a tough task. This is... Like, I'm not going to spend too much time. Eight Ks, really happy for him. I mean, the only thing I will say this. All right, his his tempo looked good. His delivery looked fine. The only thing is, is that when he came to throw, throw an off-speed pitcher, when it came to the big punch-out pitch, mostly his slider. His slider was locating and hitting the strike zone, but what I noticed is that his delivery, when it came out of his hand, it looked cautious. He still looked hesitant. He didn't, which I don't blame you. You don't want to... The last thing you want is to go, you know, have that outing, the one of the worst outings in your big league career, and then go back down. Because let's be real here: if he butchers that start, he is not coming back at all. I don't care what you're not. You can't afford to do that anymore. You can't play around. You gotta, you gotta win because you gotta hold that that playoff spot. But that's the one thing I I will take away from his start is that he still looked cautious on his delivery, and I feel like if that would have been any other team, maybe not the Oakland Athletics. But any other team other than Detroit and the uh, oh, the Oakland A's, I think they would have teed off on them, Be, just because they're better. Like there, there's actual solid hitters in their lineup, other than you know Spencer Tor- Torkelson, but like you know and a few other guys. But um, he did look cautious when it came to off-speed pitches, so that still was kind of a concern for me. But at the same time, he got the job done. So you know, I liked it. I'm curious to see now what the Jays are going to do with the Diamondbacks because the Diamondbacks are no joke. This will be a big test, and you got to pitch them. You have to. And it was talked about this morning on on the show, uh, on uh, on Sportsnet, and how the Jays would line up the rotation. So you got a three game set against the Diamondbacks. Zach Gallen confirmed is pitching, um, on Saturday, which is tomorrow. So that'll be July fifteenth. That's, I think that's if, a loss. I think if that's the a loss. oh, absolutely, that's the, a loss. I, honestly, I was thinking about it. I'm like, man, if you're betting, I would bet for a no hitter. I wouldn't bet a no hitter, but I guarantee you, Gallon goes over on innings and over on strikeouts. I'm going to say at, the at line. least twelve Ks without even looking at the line. Oh, over geez. on innings, over on strikeouts. Absolutely. he's going at least seven full seven, with at least ten seven strikeouts. with twelve strikeouts. Yeah, like at least ten. Plus. And they were talking about how like Gosman should start tonight, and I'm like, eh, maybe not. Like, if you're gonna go, I would actually you know what? start Manoa against Gallon. No. 
Just, wait, just throw her into the fire. No, right into I'm the thinking, fire, Al. I'm thinking what they should do is you either stir burritos or Bassett tonight, which, by the oh, way, it's I don't burritos tonight. It's burritos confirmed? Yeah. Okay. There, it, it, yes. I, I saw burritos expected, I think, on score, so I'm going to go with burritos. Okay, so it's, it's burritos. We'll, we'll stick with burritos. If we're wrong, well, you know. The Jays messed it up. Things change once in a while. Um, the Jays so, yeah, messed it so up. So what I was going to do is actually start burritos tonight and go with Gosman match up with Gallon. Because, let's be real, it's going to be a long Saturday if... It's going to be a long Gall- Saturday regardless. It's going to be a long Saturday if the Jays' bats aren't going because Gallon is just so good. Cyan contender. Well, actually, if the, if, if it would have been voted yesterday, he would have won the, Nash- the National League Cyan, according to votes and stuff. Like, he he's a lock right now. So, but as for, for right now, though, he is a contender. And... It would be a long Saturday in terms of like if the bats are cold and then the Diamondbacks bats are just yeah Corbin Carroll off. just just starts mashing Lourdes Guerrero or even pulls one to left field yeah like it would just be a long Saturday so I think it's better to have a pitching duel a potential pitching duel because I think Gosman will go at least six and I think he strikes out at least eight because Gosman's been the bet the the race easily easily without pitcher. a doubt and he's also up for American League Cy Young contention so. Um, he's going to lose it to Garrett Cole, but he's up there. He's up there. Definitely not a lock. Actually, it wasn't Garrett Cole. Um, I believe it might have been McClanahan. That was a lock. Well, sorry, I forgot. I know, but I, Cole, I, Cole I, is definitely up there. I, like, I, I leave the race to themselves. Yeah. I leave the race to themselves. I didn't but count them as AL. Either way, like, um, I think I would go with a pitching duel like that. So if I were to go the order, I'd go Barrios tonight, Gosman tomorrow. Sunday, I don't think you want to feed Manoa to the Padres. I don't. You don't. Manny Machado. It's only a two-game set against the Diamondbacks? Or is it, a, I thought three. it was three. It yeah. is three. So who's Sunday? Uh, Sunday, I go Kikuchi. I go Kikuchi Sunday? I go Kikuchi before Bassett, because I don't think Bassett, as much as Bassett's been good, I don't think, I still think he's going through stuff, like not health-wise, I just think he's, his mechanics slash delivery, there's something there, he's not fully comfortable, um, so I would go Kikuchi ahead of Bassett, and then after that, I'd go Manoa, I'd give Manoa to the Padres. Mm-hmm. Uh, or sorry, no, never mind. Scratch that. On Sunday, I'd want Manoa. I don't want just because I don't want him to go to the to have the Padres because I think Soto, Machado, those guys will come in hungry. They Tatis. see him up. Tatis, yeah, they see him up there. They'll tee off on him, even though they've been garbage this year. Bogarts, right? They've but been garbage. Then again, that's like, a scary that's part. the narrative, right? Like the Oakland A's have been garbage all year long, and look at that. They come into Toronto. Oh, you better get a sweep against the Oakland A's. Nope, they lose the first game of the set. No, but no, but the the joke is, Al, is the A's were supposed to suck. This this Padres team has got Juan Soto, right, it's got Fernando Tatis Jr., it's got Manny Machado, it's got Xander Bogarts. Those four guys right there could be MVP candidates in any, any given and year. And can easily win you a World those, Series. Those, those four guys. Yep. That, that's not including anybody else. The, just those four hitters who play what? Shortstop, DH, third base, and who's the other right name field. I said? Right Bogarts. Field. Bogarts and right, I think. I'm thinking Bogarts play short. Oh, crap. Yeah, my bad. Why? Because Fernando plays field slash DH, Machado plays okay, third, yeah, and Juan plays yeah, out in the outfield. Right. Boris is short, yeah. But, uh, yeah. Because so Fernando I, can't play defense. We yeah. all know that. He's one of the worst defenders in baseball. I don't know why. Yeah, I just don't feel comfortable with with Manoa going up against the Padres. I, you so, bad feeling? Bad ju- bad oh, vibes? Bad vibes. As much as I hate but the then word again, vibes. What I like about this, though, is regardless, Manoa needs is going to have a home start. And this is where... Yeah, when is that day going to come, You want to talk about the pressure in your tires now, Manoa? Like, buddy, there's pressure there because you have a bad start. The, listen, Jays fans are already angry enough as it is. I think they're less angry. They're going to be mutinous they're if They're less angry about the first half now because of Laddie's performance at the Derby. So now don't give him. him a reason to, you know, reignite that fire. 
Don't give them that spark because I have a feeling Jays fans are going to be ruthless this weekend. Well, they already have been because their team is garbage and they're going to miss the playoffs. But, but anyway, but anyway, yeah. So I would do that. So I go Barrios tonight. I go Gosman tomorrow. Uh, match him up with Zach Gallen, and then go Manoa on Sunday for that uh, series finale. And then afterwards, you'd get Kikuchi uh, to the Padres, and then Bassett, and then Bassett gave him yeah. to the Padres too. Yeah, and then you then that recycle that, that keeps going, and yeah. then uh, Hunjin Ryu might be back. Eventually. In August, so I think if you're the Jays too, I think you go six man rotation because well, Gosman benefits a lot from the rest, right? But you, you you figure out first if Hyunjin Ryu is healthy, and I mean like you give him like two or three starts in AAA on a rehab stint, which I believe is thirty days for pitchers. You give him a couple three AAA starts to rehab, get himself in game shape. You then bring him up, and then you figure out you give him maybe one or two starts, figure out if he's there or not. Even if you just use him in a relief role to start off with, to just give him some innings to get him used to it. And then you figure out, okay, is there a point in doing a five-man or six-man rotation, or do we just do a five and have one of the starters as a long reliever? So if something goes to hell in a handbasket, we can have somebody in the pen who can go, you know, the rest of the game. And the good part for the Jays, too, is that they have a guy like Trevor Richards that can help you out. They also have Bowden Francis, who has proven that he can come in to early relief if need be. Obviously, you hope that's not the case, but I think the safe bet here for the Jays would be a six-man rotation, at least for you know this is they got a tough schedule coming up ahead. Like I mean, I know like the Padres haven't been as good, but like if you're the Jays, you can't take anybody lightly. You can't. You you just can't. You got to go in there and take it as if like, hey, this is this is do or die kind of situation. But um, I, I hope Manoa has another good start, but I'm interested to see how he's going to do, first of all, because, again, like I mentioned earlier uh, in this part of the of the podcast, he did seem a little, you know, not so confident with his delivery when it came to throwing off speed pitches, mostly the slider. He seemed a little hesitant hmm. uh, in the delivery, so we'll see how that goes. And I'll, I'm also interested to see how the um, the Blue Jays fans react if it does go wrong. Well, no, I gotta be honest, Al, but just because you're editing these episodes makes you swear less, which I honestly, I'll be honest, makes me feel very happy. Makes me feel very happy. Yeah, but, I mean, I also, I don't know, I just don't feel, I don't feel the need to swear today. Oh, okay. You're in a less cussy mood, you're trying to tell me. I mean, hey, I didn't even swear the last episode. I know. That's because you edited it, Al. That's what I'm saying. When you edit it, you don't I mean, need to I swear. I mean, I don't mind editing out a bleep here and there. I'm yeah, not, okay. not going to do it. I'm, I know yeah, you're trying okay. to get it out of yeah. me. I know yeah. you're trying to get it I out of me a little bit. I squeeze it out of you like a, yeah. like a, like a toothpaste. Yeah, that's not but, happening. Al, before we scoop on baseball, because I know you tried to tell me to rap, but on my lineup, I have something written here, and I want to ask you what you mean. It says, what needs to disappear? What do you mean yeah. by needs to disappear? So in terms of like, like ha- what do you, what is this, magic? <laughs> like, what do you, like, I mean, I like, wish. What do you, what do you, uh, what do you, Houdini? No, I'm not that good. I know. What are you, David Copperfield? I'm not that guy, pal. I'm not that guy. You've never Uh, been that guy. It was more like the habits, you know, the approach, you know, like in terms of like what needs to go away for the Jays to be successful. Oh, the Jays. The Jays need to go away for the Jays to be successful. No, not really. But I. They need to move to Montreal. Which is pretty much. I guess a consistent bullpen is what you need, obviously, but that's been kind, that's been fine. The guys have they, been pretty they solid. Need their, they need their best players, and I, this is going to sound real simple. To be their best players. To be their best players. Wow. They, need Vladimir, they need Vladimir Guerrero Jr. to hit more than 11 home runs in the first half. That's a cliche. They, they, <laughs> they, 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 need, they need a catcher no, to yeah, stay I healthy. Agree. I agree. You know, they need Matt Chapman to show up like he was in April. Yep. No, they, need, that, yeah. you know, they, need, they need one of those bench guys, if it's Espinal, if it's Biggio, to show up. And be an actual constant. You know what? The, at the end of the day, what they need, Spencer, is help. They, they need 
<laughs> I'm try- I had a. It sounded better in my head, but I realized Uh-oh. as I was about to say it, it did not sound as good as it, I thought it did. Let's see if I can do this. Oh, they need, they need Brandon Belt to not be their Lord and Savior. Well, I, I think you'd think that's obvious, but no, you're right. Yeah, they, but that's they, what it is. They, he, you can't have Brandon Belt with your MVP if in the you, first half. If you're going to summarize what you just said with all the players that you listed off that need to be better, Bo's been fine. I haven't had an issue. Yeah, Bo was the only one I didn't mention because he's hitting like 300 right now. Right, Vladdy's been, you know, Vladdy's got a good average. He's just not hitting that home run. Those home which runs. What he's there for? Which is what he's there for? Exactly. Like that's what you're paid to do. And like Austin Matthews, I don't care. He has 100 points. He's supposed to be there 50 goals. Yeah, he's and, got 40 goals. Not good enough. For and him. bring in and bring in runs. You got to score runs. You know, get some run support for your for your pitchers. So well, most mostly Kevin Gosman. Yeah, mostly Gosman. Because poor, God, poor, poor Gosman. So getting, many. He's like he's like Jake Degrom. Uh, Jake Degrom. Yeah, just no, can't get run support to save his life. Like it's it's unbelievable. So that's that's what I. But that's at the end of the day, if you want to summarize what needs to happen for the Jays to have a successful second half of the season, is they need Brandon Belt to not be their self-proclaimed MVP slash. He cannot be the Lord and Savior for that that ball club. It needs to be the guys that are that are there and that are known the to stars. be. It needs the, to be the yes. superstars. It needs they to be Vibe Gurdjieff. They, they need, need clutch hitting. You can't just. I don't mind small ball. I don't care as long as you bring in runs. I don't care how you do it. Just do. Just bring in runs. Have better at bats. Have better plate appearances. And I don't. I don't mean plate discipline. I don't think their plate discipline has been awful. It's just a matter of like their their approach. Like. Mm-hmm. Clear your minds. Start having fun again. And that was something that was brought up too, is that this team, the way it's structured now compared to last year, last year was a lot of fun. Teoscar Hernandez, Lourdes Gurriel Jr., Vladdy, all those guys were having fun. There was, uh, was it La Barrio? That's what they had. Uh, the, the little club, the little group they had in their dugout got broken up with the, with the trades, right? And I think that's what needs to happen for Vladdy. I'm glad he's trying to, he's taking it seriously. I'm, I'm happy for him. But Vladdy plays much better when he's having fun. And I don't think he's having as much fun because of the atmosphere in the dugout and in the clubhouse. Not saying that, like, you know, someone's, you know, coming down hard on somebody about their play or anything like that. No, I just mean he, he needs that light, breezy environment. Like what we saw at the Home Run Derby. That's what, that's what he needs to be successful is to just... Have fun. Clear your mind. Go up to the plate. I, and not just Vladdy now. This this will be my last point to that for what needs to happen for them to have a success, successful second half. Just clear your mind. Stop trying to be the hero. Don't put it in your head. I got I'm this guy. I have to be him because this is what. Yes, don't get me wrong. The Jays brought you in to be, th- you know, the guy that can bring in runs and all that. But they're not asking you to, you know, move the moon every, every game. Mm-hmm. Go up to the plate, look for a pitch, look for what you like, look for something that's in the zone or whatever you're comfortable with hitting, and make contact. Mm. Don't think of this. Don't think of the scenario. Just go up there and you go, I got a baseball to hit. Yeah. And then whatever happens, happens. Let it happen. But until then, they got to they got to loosen up a bit. They uh, they got to loosen up at the plate. And yeah, again, for the third and final time, hopefully, Brandon Belt cannot be their Lord and Savior because the fact that Brandon Belt was their best player in the first half of the season. Says all you need to know no, about yeah, how the Jays season is going so far. It's the case point to what the problems have been in. Where for the Toronto Blue Jays, says Al continues to throw the finger at me, and no, not the middle one. So before we get I into the NHL, I do that. oh, you lie! I don't, You've definitely uh, flipped me off at least once or twice, and I probably deserved it. But I'm not. I'm not, I'm not saying that. Enough. But it's, you know, you definitely have. Right. Yeah, I think you're right. I might have done it a few times. Oh, you probably did it before you even liked me. Because remember, you and I oh, talked I about this ready, the first, first I was, episode I was that ready you, to when you and I, when you and I first met, you were not a big fan of me, which was kind of funny. 
which is kind of funny. Yeah, and it's crazy too because like when we talk about it, like we, I think you've for those of you who listen to us on a regular basis, you've heard me say this a few times. It blows my mind that me and Spencer have a podcast together and can be in the same room together for more than five minutes because I could not stand him the first time I met him. But because I'm because I'm great, he eventually warmed up and we're like, hey, this guy's kind of. Can I say the s word? I mean, or do you, you, or you're going to edit it? So you gonna you, want, are you going to want me to bleep it out? Well, I mean, I'm probably going to watch you bleep it out, but it's regardless. Spencer but. was a shithead. Oh, there you go. My, my sister probably agrees with you on that one. Yeah, there you go. I have forgot about that. That's great. Gotta love it. But anyways, it's cool how things work out sometimes and it happens. Now we have a kick-ass podcast for you to listen to. You're welcome. Mostly, I'm saying well, you're welcome on Spencer's behalf because let's be real, I don't think I'd be on a podcast right now if it wasn't for him. It was all his idea. It's all credit to him. And yeah, you got him to thank for all the content that we're bringing you. And all the content we will bring you. But before we get into Alex Debrinkit finally getting dealt and finally getting a new contract, as Al about time, as, as Al screams in the air in in, in happiness, you wrote this on the lineup, so I want to give you the chance to talk about this. So Ben Stetler, who is he was the Oilers super fan, was the super little kid fan. was a little kid that the team kind of galvanized around. He had, he had cancer. He passed away last Play La Bamba, August. Baby, yeah, yeah. That's who you might. That's how you might know him from. Yeah, he was the uh, he was the fan that this that the Oilers team last year really galvanized around. He passed away last August, and um, his uh, family continues to uh, rain bad news. It feels like it, it's so it's so tough. I couldn't believe this when I read this on Twitter uh, late yesterday afternoon slash early evening. I guess you could say um, uh, it came out on Twitter that uh, Ben Stelter's dad, uh, Mike Stelter. Uh, has been diagno- diagnosed with cancer uh, very uh, early on uh, in terms of, like, news, I guess you can say. So, like, we don't know what stage. Uh, there is a GoFundMe page. You can find it on his Twitter page. Uh, just type up Mike Stelter and you'll find him. Uh, it's not hard to find. It's pretty out there. Um, and it just sucks, like, because, like, it's one of those where, like, something bad's happening to really good good people. And uh, the Stelters were actually there to present Connor McDavid. Um I believe it was the Hart Trophy, uh, the Hart Trophy Award. Well, he got a bunch of them, so I mean, you pick yeah, which trophy hard. you got. They they were there. They were at the NHL Awards, and uh, they uh, they were there to give him uh, to present him with his award, and um, also McDavid donating uh, twenty thousand dollars to the Ben Stelter Fund, uh, thanks to uh, Paul Bissonnette, actually, who uh, was like, "Hey, McDavid, you say this to the camera." If you thank the hot tub to the camera, I'll donate ten thousand dollars to your charity, and then McDavid matched it, and then it ended up. Anyways, um, yeah. So it came out on Twitter that he uh, was diagnosed with cancer. He had uh, back pain, and then got an MRI, and as a result, uh, it was discovered that there is a tumor that uh, developed on his spine, and he has to go to the United States to get treatment because it's not treatable in Canada. Well, that's a dangerous place to be. Yeah. So. But anyways, just want I just wanted to like mention it because it's just it, Ben Stelter is a very well known name in the hockey community, and th- so is that entire family. And if you can, uh, you know, maybe check out their GoFundMe page or try to, you know, maybe put a couple dollars towards a, a cancer charity or, of your choice or whatever, just for research and treatment. Because I mean, this this really sucks because like that family's been through a lot, and now the fact that they technically they somewhat have to go through that again. It's not the same uh, tumor slash cancer that uh, Ben had. Uh, ben was to his brain, and uh, well, uh, Mike's is to his, his spine. But I just wanted to mention it just because uh, I do. I really hope this one has a better ending, 
You'd have to hope so. So, um, I don't know if he'll listen to the podcast, but uh, we're we're thinking about you. We're sending our well wishes. We hope that you you beat this thing. Uh, you know, put up a good fight for uh, your little boy Ben, and uh, hopefully you could stay with us uh, in the long run. But uh, yeah, so go check that out on Twitter, um, Mike Stelter's page. I don't have his handle, but again, he's not a hard guy to find. Uh, if you if you search up his name in the search bar, his GoFundMe page pops up right away. So go check that out. Make sure you uh, show your support because uh, that family needs uh, all they can get right now because it's uh, really unfortunate circumstances right now with that family's got to go through well i don't know if cancer's ever touched your family i have to assume it has cancer i feel like it touches everybody's no, family on my dad's side mostly but uh no one close enough to me i guess you could say that it's like affected me but well, so you've been one of the lucky ones right well, no, tell me. I, I wouldn't say lucky ones because i did have uh so at my high school graduation uh his name was brady and uh he had beat he had beat cancer um and then it he was in remission and then it came back and then a few months after uh graduation he did pass away which was tough because alphabetically we were sitting next to each other oh, in the auditorium and uh he we gave, we gave him a standing ovation and everything cuz like you know you graduated while battling cancer and all that and it, it was it, it hit home it hit hard a little bit because it was one of those where, like, he was a happy-go-lucky kind of guy, a nice guy. Like, there, not a single person would say anything bad about him. Like, he was really just a, a kind soul. And uh, so that's probably as close as it gets in terms of how cancer impacted me. But um, cancer has a, I'm sure, like you're about to say, Spencer, uh, you know, impacts everybody, everybody uh, in a touches way. every family. My sister passed away of it. My grandmother passed away of it. Her father passed away of it. My aunt technically still has it. So... Touch my family a lot. Likes to. I don't know why, but it likes to touch my family a lot. But um, no, it, it it's important to talk about topics like this, even though it definitely puts a, a dour, as obviously you can tell with our somber tones, that it, it drags yeah, down things. No but it's it, it's important to talk about because everyone get deals with it. And it's again, it's the thing of, you know, if you talk about it, it makes it more real, which hopefully makes people more aware. And no, you can't necessarily prevent cancer like other things, but still, regardless, it's important to help people when they're in need. And also talking about it, like, can take a bit of weight off your shoulders a little bit, right? Talk to somebody. It's like, uh, it's like Liam Hendricks said uh, at the ESPYs. Uh, and he, he actually, he beat cancer he as be, well. he beat stage four cancer as well. Yeah, now he's throwing back to throwing 95 miles an hour in, uh, in the big the White Sox, who sucks, but yeah, anyway. Yeah. Uh, so I've, I guess, I don't know there's no way, I, there's no proper way to end, uh, a talk like this, a, eh? to- a topic like this other than just, hey, we're going to move on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're going to stick to hockey. Yep. Just, just like Ben's, st- uh, Stetler's favorite sport. Yep. And, uh, Alex Dabrinkit, as I mentioned, finally got dealt. He's now a Detroit Red Wing, which uh, I think is great for Detroit. He went home. He got four years at seven, eight, seven, seven yeah. five, something seven like that. Seven and a half, yeah. Yeah, seven point eight million bucks a year. So I don't have much to say on it, other than if I'm William Nylander's agent right now, I am pissed off. You shouldn't be. Oh, yeah, because Nylander wants ten. Leafs are like, ah, eh, we'll give you eight and a half at best. And then it's like, well, Alex Debrink. Okay, here's the thing. The only reason why Debrinket got 7-5 is because he hasn't been healthy as much. But if Debrinket's healthy, guess what? He's getting Nylander money or like he is he could be in that 8.5 mil conversation. Easily, without a doubt. And this 
as much as some people might not want to believe it, <laughs> this is going to impact Nylander's contract. But um, overall, though, if uh, where I'm sitting right now, it sounds like there's a stalemate, which I'm not surprised. It's William Nylander. There was a stalemate with Kyle Dubas. What do you think was going to happen with Brad Tree Living? And Tree Living is not Kyle Dubas. He's not. He's not on the friendship side of things right now. He's on the hey, I'm here. I'm business. You, you, like, I'm going to do what it takes to make this team great. You, whether you want to be a part of it, that's up to you, bud. And honestly, I think at this point, it's if the if Nylander isn't extended, you got to do Matt, you got to do Nylander before Matthews because whatever Matthews' number is, which I think the Leafs already have that number for him, Nylander's going to go, well, I want close to that too. And you're not going to be able to do that. So either way, at the end of the day, you end up moving Nylander. Now, for what? I have no, I have no clue. And regardless of what the trade is for Nylander, whether it's a good one or a bad one, you can, heck, unless, um, if it's Connor McDavid, then you're happy, which, relax, it's not Connor McDavid, it's not happening, relax, before you bite my head off, all of you listening. But unless it's Connor McDavid, it doesn't matter what the return for William Nylander is, because you're, every fan, every Leafs fan is going to see the success he's having with whatever team he ends up on, and is going to go, why the heck did we give him up? It's never, that trade is never going to sit right. And the reason why I kind of don't want them to trade him right now is because I I want him, I think the Leafs, I don't think it's their year, but if they make the, if Tree Living makes the right moves, I think they have a shot to c- contend once again and to win a round at least. <laughs> Hopefully two this time, you know, baby steps, baby steps. And after that, if he walks, guess what? That's a big amount of cap space that you have now. Like, that's a lot of money coming off your books. And the free agent class next year, Spencer, is not going to be that bad. You could pay somebody to come over and fill in those shoes. Now, who is it? I have no clue. Don't ask me that. Plus, it's only July anyways. I'm not really thinking about that. I'm just saying, if he gets traded, no one's going to be happy with it, no matter how great the return is. And if he walks for free, well, you're still not going to be happy anyways because you let him walk for free. But... Look at it on this on the bright side of things. If he walks for free, you got money to play with now, and you can go after whoever the heck you want. That's yeah. my William Nylander TED talk. Thanks for coming. Well, yeah, <laughs> you know, see, and I, I was surprised you put Nylander on the on the uh, lineup again because again we talked about it last week how Nylander's in the in the media circle every right, single day. But this day. time there was actually. But what did I say too? I said unless there's actually something relevant to tie him into, I don't want to hear it. Like people were bringing up William Nylander for the last couple of weeks for what? For what? The, all we knew was just to upset in, you. Al. I thought you knew that. Just upset you. <laughs> well, it worked. All we knew is that he was in contract talks. That's it. Great. Now, now there's at least an angle to it where you could say, "Hey, Alex DeBrinket just got this amount of money. This impacts him big time." And I actually, I'm actually curious though. How? Why do you think this doesn't impact him, Spencer? I, I'm well, actually be, curious now. Be, I want to know. I want to pick well, your brain. Go honestly, ahead. very simply, I don't think this affects him because I don't think they're the same player. I don't think they're the same player at all. Like, people talk about Timo Meyer. Like, I, I really dislike when people talk about how, oh, this contract will affect this contract. No, they don't. No, they don't. Contracts are a case-by-case basis. Period. You know how I know that? Because Draymond Green's not worth 30 million bucks to any NBA team on earth that's not named the Golden State Warriors. Someone might pay him it, but he's not worth it. You understand what I'm saying? So contracts are case-by-case basis. William Nylander is not a $10 million player. He might be a $10 million player to the Leafs, but he's not a $10 million player. But someone's going to pay him it because that's the expectation. And there are bad enough teams with enough cap space they can afford to pay him that. 
And that's the difference. So I really dislike when people look at contracts like, say, the Pierre-Luc Dubois contract that he just signed in L.A., or the Timo Meyer contract that Timo signed with, I think, New Jersey way early in the process, or this brand-new Debrinket contract and saying, well, that's going to affect Nylander. No, it's not. William Nylander says, I'm worth this because of this. I don't care what Debrinket got. I don't care what Timo got. I don't care what, you know, uh, I forgot the other name I was talking about. Dubois got. I don't care. I did this. I'm worth this. This is what I'm getting. Because what everyone seems to misunderstand is, yes, Timo Meyer's a 40-goal scorer. Yes, Alex Brinkett was a 40-goal scorer. Yes, Pierre-Luc Dubois is a center and has had some good seasons across the board for both Columbus and Winnipeg. The difference is, not one of them had a point-per-game season. William Nylander has. That's, that's fair. I also, Just the season alone, by the way. He had the best season of all those four guys. So, all, so if you're saying all these four guys are going to affect him, you're right. They're jacking the price up. Because all these guys... Alex Brinkett had 66 points last year, Al. He got almost 8 million bucks. William Nylander had 87 points this year. Yeah, I mean, points... Yeah, okay, you're, you're right. He does deserve to get paid. I guess the, the reason why I think it impacts it a little bit is because, well, listen, as far as we know, when Nylander says, I want to win here and I want to stay here, this is where That's I want to be. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> you said it, buddy. But... We haven't heard otherwise, so as far as I'm concerned, it still reigns true. So that's why I think it does impact his contract right now. But obviously, like, we're also not dumb. We can read between the lines at one point. The fact that if he, if he really wanted to stay with the Leafs and really wanted to win with this group... He would. He would, and he would do whatever it takes. And so would other players. Like, again, I've said this on the last two episodes now at least... Look around the league at the teams that have won and look at what their contract situations were like. Ignore the Vegas Golden Knights and Tampa Bay Lightning. Those are the only two I'll say. Other than that, there were pay cuts taken at some point so that the management could build the team around the core players and afford them so that they could win. This is not what's happening right now with Toronto. And I don't blame Nylander for wanting to get paid this time. I don't. But listen, I hope I think he does know this. I, I, I'd be surprised if he comes out and says, I don't know this, but if you want to get paid, you can get paid. You just will not be repping the Maple Leaf yeah, yeah, it won't and be the paid, Blue and you, White. You won't be paid here no. is the answer, Al. You won't Absolutely be paid here. not. Well, and again, it's because they can't afford him. Like, I, I don't that, know where this, where this conversation is coming from. Like, I, I don't understand why this can't. is even an argument. They can't afford him. If the answer is more than eight million bucks, the answer is they can't afford them. That that's the reality. Eight and a half is the most they could do. And I don't think it should go that high. Me neither. But the reality is, is he's going to want more, and he's going to get more by some other team that's garbage who's trying to get on the upturn. If that's somehow Detroit, if that's somehow even Ottawa now, I think before, he, if they don't get Tarasenko, I think he lands in a Western Conference well, team. But, but I'm just saying teams that would be willing, that could see, afford him, that would want him. You know what I mean? I could see. So Calgary Flames have been thrown around. That's no, which is nuts. He, I, he, he I, would I, say no as quick as possible I'm to that honestly garbage. Thinking Nashville. I mean, Barry, Barry Trotz, Trotz has been wants to make, a, make wants to make a move, wants to make a splash. I just don't know if he'd want to go. That's the thing, though, because yeah, sure, yeah, he has a now since July first. I think he has a, he, a no trade. Ha, the cap space has tightened up a little bit since. But I, but I also think he's got a, a modified no trade. I think he's got I think he's got a, a somewhat no trade clause. So I think he can also kind of choose where he doesn't want to go. Right. Right. So that that would be interesting. So that also dictates what's going to happen here. Yeah. You can't just trade him to a bottom feeder and be like, "He go to San Jose." Like, no, that's not going to happen. Right. So he's going to have to go to somebody like. You know, maybe here's here's a shout for you. I, I don't think they can do it. I don't think they'll be able to make the money work. But Vegas, 
they love making swings. Yeah, and they're right? a, they're a business. So like, if they ha- if they really wanted him, and they really they, they'd make they find a way to get him there. Right? Carolina and Calgary are the two teams right now. Yeah, and and Calgary, he'd well, take, Carolina, he'd take kick I, rocks. I don't really count him out on anything. But the the thing is, Carolina kind of reminds me of Montreal. It's like when Montreal says they're in on someone, it's like, oh, of course you're in on everybody. Exactly. The only difference is one team can make it work, and the other team says they're in, and then it's like, oh yeah, on second thought, yeah, we're we're not doing that. Yeah, we're not we're not gonna do so, that. So like if Carolina, like Carolina, Calgary's been thrown around. Um, I could also see maybe Washington. Um. I actually read uh, Evgeny Kuznetsov actually out. Re- requested a trade. Yeah, so he wants out. That's cap space right there, maybe. Yeah, but it, it does, does leave one Evgeny. They don't want the problem of Evgeny Kuznetsov, who's a great player yeah. but has has some problems. Do we? Uh, I, I'm, I'm about ready to wrap this up, to be honest. But do we want to talk about Alex Galchenyuk? Did you hear I mean, what happened? There's just no point. No uh, point. I, I, I'll, okay. I'll summarize it real quick. All right. Dum Dum. Got signed to a new contract for the Coyotes for the third time. Yes. Dum Dum got released after 12 days. Yes. Dum Dum got arrested the same day for an alleged uh, hit and run incident. Which is which alleged led to, hit which and run le- Which led to his release. Which, which is what led to him getting cut because we didn't know that before. We, only, you, we yeah. only heard about the contract release. We didn't hear about the arrest until after. And a few other charges along with that. Disorderly con- or non disorderly conduct. Well, all I saw was I hit don't and run. Know. A I just saw hit and run allegation. Went, I well, know, that makes and sense. Resisting arrest was one of them too, for sure. But anyways, there's a couple other charges. So okay, so there you go. So that's the Alex Galchenyuk situation. Story. Yeah, yeah. Alex Galchenyuk, real um, smart guy. Got got signed to the desert for the third time. Real smart guy. Got cut after 12 days. 12 days. He was he was official player of the Arizona Coyotes for 12 days, and then got cut. And then we, we hear that he got cut the same day he got arrested for hit and run. And as you mentioned, a litany of other charges. Other, yeah. So, I guess going um, back to the KHL. Yeah, I was gonna say your <laughs> NHL career is over. So go have fun. If it wasn't uh, already, if it wasn't already playing in yeah, Arizona, have fun meeting up with uh, Jake Rattanen and all those other guys playing in the in, in the, the KHL. K. Also, something that might you might want to keep your eye out on, the NHL has released or they haven't officially released, but they have said that they have the information they need regarding the 2018 incident. Uh, sexual assault allegations with Hockey Canada against the World Junior Team against the World Junior Team Team Canada and there it seems according to reports uh, this is Rick Westhead who's a terri- does terrific coverage uh, for uh, around these types of uh, situations uh, there is enough to charge at least five players wow five of the eight that are alleged to be wow involved like very involved like the, the key cogs. those are the key um is it suspects felons even sure though, the, i don't know even the felons anyway, so, so yeah there is it's uh, reported to be believed that there's five of the eight players that are allegedly involved in that, that, that have been kind of pointed that out can be charged um and london police uh has yet to release any comment they just keep saying well the investigation is still pending so something to keep your eye out on in terms of news uh, there might be something and we will big. talk about it when it comes out because I, oh, yeah. those five guys are guys you and i probably watched right because those For world sure. junior players you and i are it's actually 2018 2018 you would have been still at fanshaw yep if not before going to fanshaw. i was actually covering i was there i was at the game uh when they had that uh pre-tournament game with uh against czech republic see so at you, the time they were czech republic now it's czech yeah don't you know, don't come at me. I still know my terms and stuff. But yeah, so I was actually at that game. It was I was in my first year of college, so it was uh, 2017, 2018. Yeah. Yeah. See, and I would have been still obviously cheering for the attack, so I was injured the team. Yeah. So we'll see who the players that I'm pretty. Sure, wait, is it, where was this uh, World Junior? Was it in Canada? Was it in London? 
uh, the the incident happened in London, which is why London police is involved. Okay, that's, that's what I assumed. It was a, it was a pre-tournament thing, yeah. Because wasn't it wasn't that the actual tournament in the U.S.? No, uh, was yes, it like Buffalo, Buffalo? Yeah, yeah. So, so that's why I was thinking it might be the U.S. place involved, but no, it is the Canadian. No, place. yeah, pre-tournament. It was a pre-tournament incident. So, uh, it took place in London. Uh, so that but that changes things because if it was in the U.S., it would be a felony. Yeah. Because they, they use felonies and stuff. They misdemeanors. We don't here yeah. in Canada. So we we'll have see, just a criminal code. We'll see what happens with that, but uh, definitely something to keep your eye out on. Uh, that's pretty much like the, the biggest news, the second biggest, like one of the bigger news, news items that will be coming on, out within uh, the next couple of weeks, which again, we will talk about it when it does come out. Sure. And we'll talk about the shakeout of whatever happens. Nevertheless, this has been episode 16 of The Outrage from Spencer Byers and myself, Anna Kevion. Hopefully you enjoy the rest of your day, the rest of your weekend. Whenever you listen to this, we hope you enjoy whatever it is you're doing. This has been The Outrage.